0: God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good good. all the time, and all the time. Let us go to the Lord, the word of prayer, to prepare our, our hearts for the message tonight. pray. Father, you are the eternal wise God, and we thank you that as your creation, you have opened our minds and our hearts to truth. Lord, there are so many who are lost right now, who don't know you. There are even some within our midst tonight. Would this be the day of salvation for someone? For those of us who do know you, may this be a reminder of how good you are. May this be a reminder of your grace, of your mercy, and your everlasting love. Father, would you please do a work upon our hearts tonight? Point us to the cross. Point us to Jesus. Edify our minds and our hearts, giving us a a hunger, a desire to know you and to know the power of your word. We give you thanks for this time tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Darkness filled the land. The pain and agony of a particular man's cries were heard. The hammering of nails piercing his hands And feet. The color we hate to see coming from the flesh of a human being—red. The mocking, the disrespect, the denial, spat upon, and slapped. Fact. It has been said, there's nothing more disrespectful that you can do to another human being, yet this was done to him. And the audacity to want a criminal free over a man who committed no sin. He did nothing wrong. And the only thing he was guilty of was loving a people who didn't love him. Those people were our representatives. Death was the end of it all. However, no one knew at the time that to die was to truly live. Eternal's life was going to be made available for those who trust and believe in him. No one knew death was going to bring about life. Now, we all have lost loved ones. But if they believed in him, you will see them again. More importantly, you will see him. But the condition is only if you trust him. A full commitment of your life. He demands your heart. He wants your total allegiance. Here's the truth. We find out the truth in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Turn with me now, there in your Bibles. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. The Apostle Paul introduces us to two truths of how we can have life at death. We can have life first by attending our funeral, verses verse thirteen a, and second by acknowledging our forgiveness in verses thirteen b through fifteen. Look, think, and meditate with me now at verse thirteen and verses thirteen through fifteen. The Lord's word reads this: "And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him." The Apostle Paul begins verse 13 with this it says and you yeah. he started this letter to the Church of Colossae and continues on connecting this verse to what he has previously stated he has let them know that they have been buried with Christ in baptism and raised with Christ through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, he says, who were dead past tense. This is the truth for all believers. You were dead. This isn't speaking in the physical realm, this is morally and spiritually deficient. No spiritual life. No cares about the morally disgusting or immorality you once participated in. No cares about God. If the heart and blood pressure monitor was hooked up to you, it would bring a flat line. We all can identify. The things that were spiritual, we had a mind and heart of apathy. We didn't care about God, his people, his word, his church, Prayer, they're all unimportant. Dead, not for the sake of being dead, but dead in something. He goes on to say, in your trespasses, in your wrongdoings, in your offenses, in your sins. You were dead in a state of committing sins, and lo and behold, we loved it. We perpetuated evil. Lying, doubt, hatred, selfishness, pride, murder. We all have those boxes checked. Some of us even would medicate our pain with drugs, money, sex, and drunkenness. Enslaving ourselves to the creation in a darker pool of despair. We did it freely. But not only in our trespasses, but also and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Now circumcision served as a sign of God's covenant relation with his people. To be uncircumcised was a sign you were cut off from God's chosen people and regarded as covenant breakers. Oh, so Paul says when you are uncircumcised you identify with the Gentiles. Gentiles came to be regarded by Jews as a term of disrespect and outside of God's love. This was the uncircumcision of your flesh. Now Sinful nature is often translated as flesh, or the sinful impulses that dominates. This is who some of you and I used to be. We were outside of the salvation extended because of our sinful nature. We didn't think we needed saving. We didn't want or even had a clue that we were headed to hell. We believed that our lives were okay. Some of us used to be controlled by our sinful nature and some of us are still controlled by it. Sad thing today is many people believe that they aren't dead. But let's say we go to a mortuary, and there are two tables with two dead people, one on each table. They're being undressed and being prepared for the draining of blood, and they're embalming before the funeral. One had died three hours earlier, and the other had died a month ago. The one body that died a month ago had begun to decay. It began to stink. Can you imagine the smell? I have one question to pose, though. Which is the debtor of the two bodies. Which is more dead? One can look good and be dead. Alright, alright. And the other can look and smell like a hot mess and be dead. Yet one is not better than the other. The definition of Death is the absence of life. The definition of death is not how ugly you look in the absence of life. Well, what's the point? Humans without God are dead. Some look good in our death, others are just a hot mess and are dead. But regardless of our state of composition, decomposition we were all dead before coming to Christ all humans because of Adam's sin in our natural state are dead in our sins and our trespasses however believers in Christ recognize this was our former nature we were dead but we can have life, yes. and we have life after attending our own funeral. Oh. We have to die to ourselves. Yeah. You have to be—you have to become fed up with trying to live a life according to your own standards and rules. It isn't working. You have to die in order to truly live. Yeah. You have to attend your own funeral. This is the first truth that we recognize with obtaining life at death is attending our own funeral. The second truth that the Apostle Paul presents to us and having life at death is acknowledging our forgiveness in verses 13b through 15. Paul goes now right to what God has done. He says, God, that is the father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He did a work. There was one thing that I thought of, I was like, Paul, where's the butt? I need a butt here. What did God do? made alive together. Yeah. Sit with that for one second. He resuscitated you. Yes. All right. You were once dead, and the miraculous work of God bringing life to a yeah. spiritually dead person. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have to do it, right. but he did. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this building may not know who we used to be, but we don't. In yeah. heathen. Right. Something happened. A change occurred. Yes. We couldn't put words to it. You look back on the things, the sins you used to enjoy now with new eyes. You have an awareness of your sins. You have a love for God and his people and you want to be with God. You want to serve his people. You want to talk to him. You want to read his word. What has come over you? I'm at church on a Friday night. No, no, no. All right. God made you alive together yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah. With Christ having forgiven us all of our trespasses. One prominent figure has said, he who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power of love. When is the last time you have sat with this truth? Christ has forgiven. The world though, the world says, you need to forgive yourself. In essence, you are putting your standards higher than Christ, and that's not good. But the creator of the world, the universe, he says, I have forgiven you. Wait, Lord, you mean my pride? Yes. My sexual immorality, forgiven. My greed, yes. My life forgiven, it has all been paid. How has it been paid? Here's how, verse 14. By canceling. That is to remove. So as to not leave a trace. It is obliterated. It has been completely wiped out. No more the record of debt. Now, the record of debt, they are financial terms. Some others have said this is a certificate of indebtedness. One writer said, a certificate written saying, I owe God obedience to his will, signed mankind. The record says, the record, he says, that stood against us with its legal demands. Its decrees, it was binding, it was something Satan uses to condemn us. Every one of us here has a record of charges against us. All are in debt. We have failed to give God our all. Amen. Our allegiance, our complete and total being. But here's the good news for Christians. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Which should be hallelujahs all over here. <laughs> This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He took on the debt that we owe. He took on the weight of debt that we cannot pay back. And he nailed it. He fastened it to the cross. The cross was used for capital punishment. We were on death row. We owe because of our sin and our debt continue to collect interest. Sad thing is, for some of us fear it is still collecting interest. Some of us know the feeling of a mortgage or a car note and student loans, mm-hmm. and we all want forgiveness. We want it to be canceled. We want someone else to take over these mortgage payments. However, credit lenders want to keep us burdened with the interest they know many can never pay back. Here's the thing. Satan wants us so burdened with our sins knowing we cannot repay back the debt that we owe. But Christ has nailed it to the cross. In being nailed to the cross all the hammer all the drops of blood, all the tears, all the agony of being separated from the Father for an undeserving people. This is love. What grace. He
1: didn't have
0: to do it, but he did. We sinned against him. This is grace upon grace, marvelous grace that God has made available to you today complete and total cancellation of the debt that is owed because of our rebellion and disobedience to God. His death satisfied the wrath of God completely and fully. Forgiveness has been made available One theologian has said, forgiveness is always a form of voluntary suffering that brings about a greater good. Christ voluntarily went to the cross, suffering agony, pain, and the greater good brought about was the redemption and reconciliation was made available to mankind with God. Christ not only defeated sin, death, and the grave, but also, verse 15 says, He disarmed the rulers and authorities. He stripped off these transcendent rulers and authority figures, powers of the spirit realm, those who are in the unseen realm. We find out from Paul in Ephesians that there is not only flesh at play in our everyday lives. There are rulers, there are spiritual beings at work. Nevertheless, Paul says, Christ put them to open shame. He exposed them, he made a public spectacle of them. How? He says, by triumphing over them in him. Christ was victorious. He won the victory over the rebellious powers. He stripped them of their power. It was a public display of victory. The debt has been paid and Christ is victorious. And because he won, we win That's way. The question is, when was the triumph of powers? When did victory occur? The victory parade has come, and it is what we will celebrate on Sunday. That great day, when we will all declare, let's say it together now, He has risen! on us two truths today, how we can have life at death, a person attending our own funeral, by acknowledging his forgiveness. And we need to know and understand this truth. We need to know the truth. Why? In a classic book called the Screwtape Letters, the demon Screwtape says, it is funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. Do not leave today without recognizing these truths that has been presented. Do not reject this truth from your mind. Believers, attend their own feud. They recognized that they were dead, but something happened. A work done by Christ has brought God's forgiveness by nailing it upon the cross. Christ paid the debt we couldn't pay, and Satan doesn't want these truths to be placed in our hearts. God gave his only begotten son so that you may have life, both spiritually and eternally. This life is available to you, to everyone here today. But don't wait, because tomorrow is not (laughs) guaranteed. Amen? Let us pray. Father, we do submit our lives to you. We thank you, oh God, for recognizing our death. And because of the work done upon the cross, we are no longer enslaved to sin. But you have changed us. All of us here can remember at one time when we hated you. And we may not have said it directly with our words, but we surely showed it in our actions. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for conviction of sin. Help us to turn away from the things that displease you and turn to you in repentance and faith. And Lord, as we prepare our hearts for that triumph of victory, Prepare us in remembering what Jesus has done and how he has overcame sin, death, and the grave, and he lives again today. Thank you for this time tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Amen.